You are listening to the Be The Bridge podcast with Latasha Morrison. How are you guys doing today? It's exciting. Each week, Be The Bridge podcast tackles subjects related to race and culture with the goal of bringing understanding. But I'm going to do it in the spirit of love. We believe understanding can move us toward racial healing, racial equity, and racial unity. Latasha Morrison is the founder of Be The Bridge, which is an organization responding to racial brokenness and systemic injustice in our world. This podcast is an extension of our vision to make sure people are no longer conditioned by a racialized society, but grounded in truth. If you have not hit the subscribe button, please do so now. Without further ado, let's begin today's podcast. Oh, and stick around for some important information at the end. Be the Bridge community. As I always say, I have a special treat for you today. And so it's exciting um, to have Miss Kayla Craig. Um, she is a formal journalist um, who brings some deep curiosity and care to her writing. She's the author of a new book that's coming out. Um, but probably when you hear this, the book has, would have already come out. And it's entitled Every Season Sacred. And this is um, really the second book. The first book was To Light Their Way. And so some of you may have that. Uh, with the poetic and prophetic voice, she created the popular Liturgies for Parents Instagram that I know many of you follow, uh, which Christianity Today named it an essential parenting resource. She also hosts the Liturgies for Parents podcast. Um, Kayla's nuanced and accessible reflections, essays, and prayers are featured in various books, devotionals, and Bible studies. Kayla lives in a 115-year-old former convent. We just talked about that. In her Iowa hometown, uh, where she hopes to create space to welcome alongside um, her four children, two dogs, and a pastor husband named Johnny. So she has a lot going on. Now, wait a minute. Tell us about a little bit about the... Um, the convent um, that you live in. Yes. Okay. So if you've seen Home Alone, you maybe remember that okay. big old brick house. It's along those vibes. And okay. in the 50s and 60s, um, the Sisters of Mercy um, lived here and they taught at a local school. And yeah, they were just two to a room all throughout the house. And we were able to track down um, one of the last living sisters and invite her to our home. And she gave us the tour and she just had so many stories and memories, and it was pretty incredible. Wow. I, I was just in Spain in June, and um, there, one of the areas that we went, it's slipping my mind now, but we went to uh, one of the historic areas of Spain, and um, several of the homes um, um, used to be... Um, um, comments there too, and they've converted them because just, you know, they don't have the people right. anymore. And so, um, and then they have a lot of bakeries there, like a lot of bakeries and like little coffee shops and the nuns in locally prepare all the food, um, you know, special certain pastries, um, that they sell at the, um, at the bakeries and it goes back to support the works of the, um, the comments. So, I mean, it's just, That's so, so I can imagine uh, yeah. so much history. You're living among history. Yes. Yes. And you found the last, li Oh, that is amazing. Mm -hmm. I love history. I know. I love, I love history. Hi history helps us 
know our way. It helps us find our way. Um, and it keeps us, it, I, I feel like it's that key, it, it, it keeps us from um, making the same mistakes. Mm. Just think about when we think through our own personal history, yep. um, how it keeps us from not repeating mistakes, but also the things that we've done well. It's like, okay, how do we build on that? So mm. history also like connects us to growth and so many things. So anyway, oh, so all of that, yes, amen. That, is scared of history. Mm-hmm. Um, I embrace history um, yeah. because it makes us who we are. So yeah. um, I'm so excited about that. But I'm excited about talking with you. Um, I know I just read your bio mm-hmm. and the bio cannot tell us all of who you are. So some of our Be The Bridge community will know who you are and some may not. Just what did I leave out? Tell me, tell the Be The Bridge community a little bit more about yourself. Oh my goodness. This is, you know, it's always so like, where, where do I, what do I say? Where do I begin? But you know, a lot of those bios always say like what you do, but not necessarily who yeah. you are. You know? yes, and yes. I think, um, you know, some people might, might see me, I'm an Enneagram eight and they might okay. be like, wow, she's got all this energy and fire and passion. But like, I, my heart is like so tender, like so soft. <laughs> um, but but I will always, um, always pick standing alongside um, somebody who is hurting. And um, mm. yeah, I that's that's my hope. Um, when I'm in my best, when I'm my best self, that's that's kind of right. who I am. Um, yeah, and I'm just learning and growing yes. alongside my kids and my neighbors. And just really grateful. Wow. Yeah. And you were introduced to um, the work of Be the Bridge through um, If Gathering. Oh yeah, yes, yes. What, what year was this? What year was? Oh this? my gosh, I don't even know. But it was like two <laughs> two moves ago for us, and okay. we were we were streaming it ago. in our little small town in Iowa. And wow. I was always kind of, you know, my husband's a pastor. He was a pastor in a pretty small church and we were always kind of making waves. Okay. And I was like, are you listening to her? Like, this is important. <laughs> and I just, you know, you probably heard me cheering from Iowa as you were kind of laying okay. out your vision and your heart. Um, so, okay. yeah, yeah. I've been You're a grateful follower. Yeah. I love that. Wave makers. You hear that? Be the British community. We're making waves. You see? <laughs> and you were riding and you were like, I'm feeling right. this wave. I'm yes, feeling this wave. I'm jumping you know? on. Yeah. 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 The waves get bumpy though, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, we need some lifeboats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They'll knock you right over. Right. I tell you. These are some intense waves mm. right about now. Oh so, <laughs> yes. you know, I wanted to talk. I know a lot of people, um, their um, connection to you is through your Instagram. And you had posted um, last year about, um, let me just read it. Um, It was a um, pretty vulnerable post, but I would love for us to kind of start there. You said, "Um, I work with words, um, but one of my favorite people, my daughter, doesn't speak or read to communicate. I write about parenting, not because it's the only thing that I think about, but because the vulnerable, complicated gift of growing alongside four kids has deeply formed me, both in how I experience God's love and how I show up to love others. And you go on to say, I don't write about spirituality and parenting because I have all the answers, but because I have endless questions and God continues to meet me in the unknowing. 
Can you share? That is powerful. That speaks like, okay, that's the end of the podcast. That's it. That's it. (laughs) Um, But just can you speak a little bit? um, Can you share with the listeners about your family? Um, But then also how you, the questions of curiosity inform our faith and our interaction with others. Like, you know, coming, you know, I think there's there's a lot of vulnerability to come to the the Bible um, as a child not having all the answers, but wanting to long and to know um, our Savior better with curiosity. Mm. And um, and so t- just share a little bit about that yeah. with us. Well, if you ever spend any time around kids, they have so many questions. You yeah. know, toddlers are like, why, why, why? And teenagers yeah. are like, why not? And, you know, like <laughs> they invite us into curiosity because we start yes. to unlearn that. And I believe mm. that when we're asking questions, when we embrace a posture of curiosity instead of Yes. I have all the answers. Mm-hmm. We are drawing nearer to Christ. And so mm-hmm. in in the season of life that I'm in, I'm in the thick of raising four kids. Um, and my daughter, Eliza, who I talk about in that post, she has Down syndrome. Um, she had significant seizures when she was little. And that mm-hmm. has um, left her with a lot of cognitive and developmental and physical disability. So she doesn't use words to speak. Mm. Um, she's not able to, um, she's not mobile at this point in her life. Um, mm-hmm. And yet she points me to God in, in deeper mm more beautiful ways. And I have to reckon my views on who I am in the world, um, what I'm called to be in the world, who God is in the world when I'm with Mm. her, you know, like our theology changes, you know, like if it's not true for her, it's not true for me. And so she has Mm. really taught me so much about just the nature uh, of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mm -hmm. I have more questions than answers that I did probably five years ago or 10 years ago. But I feel like God has met me in that unknown. Mm -hmm. There's there's so much. um, And kids are so honest too, like with their their honesty and, um, you know, um, their curiosity and also um, just sometimes their honesty can be rude, you right. know? It's like, oh, wow. <laughs> wow, yeah. you, you said that. Yeah. Okay, you said that. Yeah. So um, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. Now, um, we know that you, your, 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 um, your liturgies for parents, that, that is a, an account, that's a podcast, but we have a wide variety of listeners and um, not everyone is familiar with uh, what liturgies are. Um, and they're becoming more popular in the church. I know um, in my book, I included um, like three liturgies in between the chapters. Um, and they're so good. They're share? so good. Um, yeah, <laughs> I know. It's like, and I, you know, for me, it was something um, in the Baptist church, it was, you know, that what you call the missionary Baptist, the black Baptist church, yeah. um, they would call them kind of like responsive readings mm-hmm. a little bit, you yeah, know, yeah. Um, but it was something that I experienced and not in the churches that I went to, but actually churches that I visited where it would connect me with God in a deeper way. Yeah. You know, yeah. just, you know, reciting something, you know, um, it it's like a form of worship, yeah. you know. And so um, can you can you share a little bit about what they are 
and um, and why they are compelling um, to you. Yeah, yeah. Well, we talked about a little bit about my daughter, but she um, yeah. she got really sick when she was mm-hmm. three years old, and this virus just okay. overtook her body, and she mm. went from being hospitalized to being put in the intensive care unit, and her body okay. was just so sick and we were in that kind of liminal space of life and death and uh you know she was hooked up to so many machines and it was just beeping and buzzing and we couldn't even like move her hand without all of the numbers just skyrocketing and it was mm-hmm. it was awful it was such a hard time of my mm-hmm. life and we had three sons at home and our daughter in the hospital and my husband and I would take shifts so she would never be alone mm-hmm. we just didn't know what was going to happen and and one of those moments when i was home I checked the mailbox and there was this little book of prayers. And in that moment, I had something to hold on to because, you know, people, when you're going through a hard time, yeah. people are like, oh, I'm praying for you. And you're like, yeah. does it matter? Does, does any of the, yeah. you know, like you're just right. in the waves right. and it's awful and it's so, so hard. And here I was an author, a writer, a journalist, my husband's a pastor, and I had no more words to pray, none. Mm. And so that little book with those little prayers was like an anchor for me. Mm. And so by by the grace of God and in so much mystery, she's she's okay. Wow. She's still with us. Um, wow. But that moment kind of turned something in my heart that I wanted. I was like, maybe I can put words to things that other people are going through. Mm. Maybe we can share these prayers. Maybe my words can become your words. And, you know, there's such comfort in knowing that somebody's prayed this before. Whatever it is, the, the beautiful, the laments, the pain, the mm. wonder, whatever it is, somebody's prayed that. Somebody might be praying it right now and somebody might pray mm. it in the future, you know? And what a comfort that is to me in those moments when you feel like, Right. In this boring, maybe mundane part of my life, am I seen? Or <laughs> in this suffering, right. am I seen? And so, um, yeah, I started writing these kind of just shared prayers. You know, to me, liturgy is prayers of the people, right? Like take mm-hmm. them, make them your own. There's so many different beautiful ways to worship and pray. And and this mm-hmm. is just kind of my feeding of the lake, you know, <laughs> Madeline right. Langles, like we, when we write, we just feed the lake. And this is my feeding of the lake. Yeah. Mm. I know some people listening, um, they may say, well, Latasha, why do you follow her um, Instagram? You, you know, it's liturgies for parents. You're not a parent, you know. Um, but this is something where I may not like physically be a parent, but I have a lot of children and parents in my life. And so um, I think it's important for me. I don't have to be a parent to um, want to pray for other parents or teachers or, or children or, you know, any of that. It still applies to us as the body of Christ. Yeah. And so for me, it's something that's, that's still rich um, for me. So what would you say to some of the people that are listening, you know, um, that kind of like want to put things like this in a box? Mm-hmm. Um, when, you know, um, where it's not really traditional, but it's something that I know I glean from. I have um, nieces and nephews and and godchildren and just friends with children that I love. And, you know, there's wisdom even 
being able to, you know, share something with them that may allow them to, to cling to hope. You know, there's, like you said, you know, someone sent you this, this little book of prayers when you were going through um, with your child, not knowing, you know, and sometimes we don't know what to say. Sometimes listening to things like this may give you the words that someone may need during that time of need. So what would you say to that? Yeah. Well, you know, I say for parents just because (laughs) that's so what I am entrenched in, but so many of, you know, the reflections that I've written in um, every season sacred are really to care for your own soul and, Mm. and acknowledge you know, where we are at this point in history right now and help you stay awake to the pain in our world and also the beauty and the wonder and holding Mm. that tension, that both and, and caring for your soul so that you can care for others, you know, so that you can Mm. live into the person that God has, has uniquely Mm. crafted and formed you to be so that you can live out your values, you know, so that yes. your life is not just a sign in the yard, but that you are actively bringing that, um, you know, that connection between contemplation and action, right? And merging yes. the two into your very seemingly ordinary actual life. So that is my hope. And, you know, I hear yeah. from from churches, like we're adapting your prayers, we're taking your prayers and and making them into, you know, something that we're going to use on a, on a service mm-hmm. or whatever it is, because in every season sacred for each week of the year, there's like shared prayers. And there's one that's made to maybe be prayed. It's more simpler language. Maybe you want to pray Mm. it with, with younger people in your life or, you know, in developmental stages that that would be, um, more applicable, Mm -hmm. but then there's a shared prayer to pray with anybody, anybody that you're living life with, you know, and they're just these short liturgies that kind of follow different themes throughout the year. And, and my prayer is that those will be accessible, um, and applicable to so many different people, whether or not your parent. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I, I love to surprise people. So, I want you to choose something in the book that maybe we can read and share just to give people a little taste of that. So while, but while you're doing that, um, you know, one of the other things that you, um, you had, you shared, um, and, and I think this was in your first book, Light Their Way, um, is a prayer for Dr. Martin Luther King Day. Mm-hmm. And, um, and in it, you say, we lament the ways we have taken his quotes out of context and ignored the greater picture of his mission and ministry mm-hmm. of social change. Yeah. We walk in the paths Dr. King cleared out for us. And yet we know many weeds still need to be pulled. Help us yank the balance of racism by the root from our hearts and our systems. First of all, just... I like the word yank, <laughs> like like that yes. word just sticks out to me. Like that, like that's a good word. Like you know, l- help us to yank the balance of racism by the root. You know, when you you're pulling up something by the root from our hearts and our systems, there's an urgency when I think of the word yank. Uh, what have you learned about lament and about naming sin specifically and directly as you've written prayers like this and shared them? Yeah, yeah, I. You know, I started writing To Light Their Way in 2020. Uh, I had the wow. idea for oh, the wow. book um, 
in early 2020. And I was like, our world is crumbling. And this was before the global pandemic, before like very needed reckonings as we, you know, peel back our country's deep seated racism, you know, and then I'm, you know, processing through it and almost like praying with the news, you know? So I'm praying my prayers of lament, you know, started much, much earlier, but I'm just like, hearing the deep cries of, you know, of lament and of grief and just putting my heart on the page too. And, and, and kind of unfiltered. And I'm like, you know, Mm -hmm. these are the prayers that I'm praying. And, um, you know, I just kind of submit all to my publisher. (laughs) I'm grateful that they, they didn't turn away because it will make some people uncomfortable, especially white people, you know? And it's like, this is, this is the way of Jesus. We have to yeah. grieve. We have to lament. We have to give it yeah. to the Lord. And God's not scared. God knows. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah like we have, we have not to. pulling anything over his exactly. eyes. Like he, exactly. knows, he knows our hearts. He knows the intentions. He knows how to get underneath. He knows everything. Yeah. So it's, it's great when we could just be honest and vulnerable. And, you know, and I think when, when you say the balance of racism. I, I think our our prayers should be truthful. Yes, you know, and um, and so I, you know, and that is to me, um, lament is how we cry out to God, and I think it's just a um, a tool. It's a it's a part of our our formation that I think a lot of us are missing. You know, because we don't know how to be honest with ourselves or each other, and you know, but I think. Lament allows us to be honest, um, you know, with God, you know, and so I think that's just really key for us to lean into. And when we look like half the Psalms are about lament, think how David, I mean, like it could be depressing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's real. (laughs) Yeah. There's a whole book called Lamentations, like, and so, like, the fact that we don't practice that, you you know that there's like just some Western cultural lens that uh, that inhibits us from really dissecting um, those portions of the Bible where we um, are are not afraid to to cry out and to lament and to yearn and to mourn and to have deep sorrow, um, but we want to move on and make it all 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 better. You know, we want the joy in the morning, you know, Um, you know, but it's, but I think it's important. And I think that's something, you know, especially for King Day and, 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 and even, you know, with how we do take the words and twist it and change the narrative of everything that he stood for. When you read his works and how we shift and change, I'm like, God, forgive us. Like, like how, how can we do that with a straight face, you know? And it's like you said, like our history, we need, we need our real, we need real history, you know, that's so important so that we can, um, that we can heal what needs to be healed and and repaired and um, not just put a bandaid over um, the uncomfortable parts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, all of this transformation is uncomfortable. And I always ask this question when I'm teaching or talking or doing whatever. I was like, when was Jesus ever comfortable? Mm. You know, yeah. And why do we yearn for comfort then? And that's such a good question for parents because so many of us think, well, our whole goal in life is to to 
to create comfort and to create comfort Mm. for our children and to decide where we live and where we send our kids to schools and what our jobs are and how we spend our money based solely on comfort. And it's it's an important question to peel back the the why and does this align, you know, when we, when we open up the scripture, what do we see there? Yeah. What is up? Do you have something up? Yes. Yeah. And and share a little bit about your new work that's coming up. So share a little bit about that. Um, Every season sacred um, and just read something um, from it for us. So every season sacred is split up into um, a kind of weekly mini chapter for each week of the year. So we go through the different seasons and each kind of one of these chapters has a reflection. And in these reflections, I, I really tried to bring in other writers, thinkers, theologians, artists, poets, and really get um, an array uh, of thought. Uh, this book is not the book of Kayla, right? Like this is something that I want to be a resource mm-hmm. to to guide you um, that can be actually applicable to your life, that can bring new ways of, of thinking about faith, you know, maybe for the people that are feeling weary, that are feeling like, I just don't know if I have it in me to go to church mm-hmm. after all of the mm-hmm. pain that I've gone through, you know, like yeah. that is so real. And so I want this to be um, yeah. an offering to, to come alongside and, and really acknowledge, um, acknowledge where people are. And so there's a reflection, um, and it kind of follows different themes. And then there will be breath prayer, which is just a simple inhale and exhale, um, for when you just don't have the margin for anything else. Mm-hmm. And sometimes yeah. that, that's true. That's, yeah. And then there's, um, some scripture references, if that's a resource to you that you can go and look up, that's kind of along those themes. And then you'll see um, some some questions and they're open-ended questions. I kind of pull from my experience yeah. as a journalist, you know, like we don't really get a lot out when we just say, how was your day? Or did you have a good day? Mm-hmm. But like, so these questions are for your own reflection and then to kind of bring in your people, your family, your kids, whoever you're kind of doing life alongside to have a little bit deeper questions and they're kind of pick and choose what, what works for you. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, the personalities and and ages and seasons of life best. And, and then there's those two shared prayers. So I was thinking about this conversation and there's a reflection in every season sacred called learning and unlearning. And it is in the winter section and it's kind of as we're reflecting on black history month, right? And so it's okay. a, it's a, um, there's a, it's a pretty longer reflection. Um, but I thought I would just share a little bit and then share yeah. one of the prayers from that, if that works okay. for you. Yes, okay. that's great. I love it. All right. Raising children where such ugly legacies exist can feel overwhelming and terrifying. But Jesus offers us hope and extends an invitation to align our family's comings and goings with the incarnational life of Christ, which doesn't ignore the pain, but instead enters into it. As we do our best to live into rhythms of loving our neighbors as ourselves, stand in solidarity with the marginalized, resist the trappings of evil, push against the lure of power, and pursue peace. For all, we proclaim the good news with our lives. And when we do so, resisting hatred and clinging to Christ, we help our kids learn about the world, the one who made it and their place in it. 
as a white mother who loves God and who wants to share that love with my kids by living in step with Christ. I have to do the deep work of disentangling myself from the often invisible clutches of white supremacy's grasp. I must wrestle with my privilege, name and repent my racism, and follow Jesus beyond colorblindness and feel good cliches. My kids are watching and listening to what is happening in the world and to what I say or don't say, what I do or don't do. Yours are too. And that can feel heavy. That's just like a, a small part of that. Um, yeah. yeah. But uh, so the breath prayer is just, and anybody can, you know, do this. And it's just on their inhale, pray, oh Lord, yeah. your ways are just. And as you exhale, pray, your gospel is peace. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, one of the prayers, um, I can I can pray uh, if, you, if you want. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, compassionate and merciful Christ, be with us as we learn about racism and talk about it as a family. Help us to name it for what it is and keep us from minimizing its legacy. Oh, comforter who weeps, help us to sit in a spirit of peace as we wade into these conversations, but help us not to resist our own deep emotions. Help us to embrace our humanity and in turn be a family that believes it is right and righteous for all of us to be upset about injustice. Help us to repent of and lament any harm we may have caused and heal us from the ways we may have benefited or been hurt by oppressive systems that are not of you. Oh, reconciling Christ who calls us to be peacemakers, we pray for true unity rooted in your justice. And in all things, help our family to turn from the worn out ways of the world to the life giving ways of your kingdom now and forevermore. If you've been enjoying and learning from the Be the Bridge podcast, we invite you to join us in this work. You can support and sustain our mission as a recurring partner at bethebridge.com forward slash give. You can also help spread this word of bridge building by supporting and really sporting our apparel. So if you haven't gotten your Be The Bridge hat, sweatshirt, all of the things, let's take the message to the street. Visit our online store at shop.bethebridge.com and make sure we're spreading the word about all the work that Be The Bridge is doing and will do. At Be The Bridge, we're doing the work to empower people and culture toward racial healing, racial equity, and racial reconciliation. And this work is only possible because of the generosity of bridge builders like you. So thank you so much for those of you who are listening and sharing our podcast, sharing our polls, those of you who are giving to this work um, that's helping us create resources and material um, that will transform hearts. Um, so join us at bethebridge.com forward slash give and let's continue to build bridges together. Thank you so much.
So good. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, it's a breath of fresh air. You know, um, I, I saw this um, post, you know, just with um, just with a lot of the um, attacks around history where we're like, it's, it's basically we're choosing as a country to make, um, to create a space to make some kids feel good and some kids feel uncomfortable, yeah. you know, yeah. when like, all of it is uncomfortable, yeah. you know, and, and, and even talking about it. And there was this, this picture of Ruby Bridges, Ruby Bridges just turned 69. Um, and if you, if you know the story of Ruby Bridges, she is living history among us. Yeah. Like this history is not so long ago. Yeah. So we're trying to erase living history, people who are still with us. Yeah. And it says if she was young enough to experience the hate, the violence, um, the systemic racism, then I think, you know, everyone's kids are old enough to learn about it. Yes. Yes. You know, it's not like you're experiencing it. Yep. Yep. But if learning about it, if we can't interpret and, you know, um, it's not just about saturation, um, you know, it's, you know, we don't want to, um, you know, erase it, but it's how do we interpret what has happened for our children and explain it in it to them. And I think this, your book is a tool or a resource to help parents have some words to say, you know what, this is, this is ugly, but God is good, yeah. you know? Right. And, and, you know, and, and we're going to be outliers. Uh, we're going to talk about this, yeah. you know, we're going to, you know what I'm saying? Teaching your children how to show up. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do that in any other thing, right. like any other, any other subject, yeah. you know? Um, but why do we want to, um, we have to ask those hard questions on why we don't feel the same way as it relates to um, um, like racial history, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, and this specifically when we're talking about African-American history. Yeah. And so um, we have to be honest with that, why we don't want yeah. our kids to know, you know, yeah. and not sugarcoat that. So I think this is this is really good to help parents to have some words and to have prayer, mm-hmm. to really start in prayer, mm-hmm. you know. Um, learning doesn't take anything from you as a person, but it actually makes you a better person. It makes you a better friend. Yeah. You know, it makes you a better accomplice, you know, um, you know, you think about as, as kids know. So we can go on and on about that. Mm-hmm. Um, there was something else you wrote that I want to bring up. I'm bringing up all the things that you wrote. OK. <laughs> and this one, we have so much going on in our society, especially as parents. Like, I mean, there is parenting is tough work, yeah. you know, it's it's sacred. It's it's holy. Like it's hard. It's difficult. Um, there's no perfect work in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just I was listening. Um, I, there was a young man. I think he goes to UNC. They've had a couple. I think three or four lockdowns. UNC Chapel Hill this year alone. Yeah. I think a, a student shot another. Um, um, like a. It, it was a student, but I think it was a um, like an assistant teacher or mm-hmm. something. 
Um, there's just a lot of violence. I mean, yeah. that's happening. Yeah. You know, we you turn on the news and you're like, oh my gosh, like. Yeah. Um, and I I heard this this student was just crying out. He had, there was a, a classroom at UNC, and it was a large classroom. Look like about 200 kids in this classroom. And he was reading his phone and he was appealing to his Congress people to do something like this is scary and they're tired of this, that they shouldn't have to live like this. No. And, you know, pleas like this have been mocked, um, laughed at. I mean, like, where is our heart? Where is our empathy? Where is our compassion? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's like, it's lost. And, you know, people think that that's a representation of Christ. And I'm like, what, what Christ, what, you know, what Christ, you know? And so I, you wrote something and I know as moms are sending and dads are sending, um, their children off to school this year, you know, we had, um, the incident at Covenant Christian last year, um, just so many, we can go on and on. Sandy Hook, those parents are still grieving. Like, although the world has moved on, um, it's gotten worse probably since those, you know, 19 children, I think it was. um, It may have been a little more than that that were gunned down. Um, And a lot of them have formed organizations um, to bring about change and they're still fighting and pushing um, for change. you know, it's scary. I just, you know, I think about, um, you know, we, I went to a, a race, a, a 5K race of my um, of my godson this past weekend. You know, you think about these things in the back of your head. Every, like, yeah, every day. You know, yeah. when I go into a place, I'm looking like, okay, where are the exits? Yeah. You know, um, this is, you know, and so... There's so much with that, but you wrote a prayer for gun violence in schools. Um, And it's, you know, when you have those words, um, and I I think I want, I'm I'm going to, let me see if I can get to it. Um, Let me open the link. Yeah. Um, You said a prayer for gun violence in the schools. And it's, it's, um, it's time to share this prayer for a nightmare all over again. The current numbers are 14 children killed and one teacher at a at an elementary school in Texas. And so this is Uvalde, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Will you join me in prayer of grief and lament as we cry out against this evil? Today, many of us will flip to a prayer for gun violence in schools on page 84 from the prayers for weary world section of to light their way. I grieve every time that we have to pray this again. I'm sick of praying this. And then you pray, Lord, may we see into your upside down kingdom. Give us courage and boldness to plead the case of our children. Deliver us from the evil one. And may our action for a more peaceable world for our children be a prayer of its own. Lord, hear our prayer. Um, And, you know, and so... Um, And then I say, we are sacred, Lord. We even wonder how you can allow mass shootings of our children. Um, We are scared, Lord. Uh, We can can wonder um, how you can allow mass shootings of our our children to happen. And, um, you know, and I think this is, and then there's a whole prayer, um, you know, uh, for balance in school that you included. And, you know, this is such a good... um, tool, you know, um, a good resource 
for parents, you know, if when when because everybody doesn't have the words to say, yeah. they don't have the prayers to yeah. say. It's a lot of times when we don't know, or if we don't understand, we don't say anything. Yeah. And the thing that I know, if if we don't interpret the world for our children, um, others will. Yeah, the That's media exactly will. Right. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and so you know, we don't want to isolate them. Uh, we want to be careful not to saturate them. Yeah. But what we want to do is interpret. And and I think this is such a good tool to have um, to help mm. interpret, you know. Um, yeah, I, 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 you know, what are some of the things, you know, this is, these are heavy things. Yeah. Um, you know, these are things that we're struggling with as a church, as a yeah. faith community, um, you know, like, I think it's just like you said that you wrote this, you came up with this at the beginning of 2020, not even knowing what was around the yeah, corner. Yeah, like, yeah. is it God good? <laughs> like, you had no, yeah. or he has a sense of humor yeah. or something. It was like preparation, right. you know, giving yeah. tools, you know. Right. Um, you know, what are some things right now um, that, what are some things that are, bringing you hope right now in the midst of the chaos and um, the, the, the tragedy and, you know, and all of the things, what are some things just bringing you hope? Yeah. Gosh, that's such a good question. I always say I'm stubborn in hope. I'm stubborn <laughs> in it. I am grasping oh, yeah. to it. Like my white yeah. knuckles yeah. on the hope. I have to have it. Um, and you know, yeah. that being around children is such a hopeful okay thing. I'm like, look at the joy that you have. Look at the conversations uh-huh. that we're able to have right now and how open you are to it and how tender you are and how empathetic uh-huh. and compassionate and thoughtful uh-huh. and nuanced. I mean, I think so many times we don't, we, you know, underestimate kids and, and, and what they're thinking and feeling and, and, the beauty that they're introducing mm-hmm. us to. And, you know, that that gives me hope. It gives me hope to see that after years and years and years of physical therapy, my daughter is starting to walk with a walker. Like, wow. I and seeing yes. what she's doing now compared to what she was doing a year ago, compared to like wow. during COVID when we were, you know, Zooming with a physical therapist. And I was like, is, every, is this pointless? You know, you know, all of that. Yeah. And then you see it and you don't see that change in front of you. You have to look back and say, yeah. okay, things, things have changed a little bit. And that gives me hope. It gives yeah. me hope that I know all of my neighbors in this vicinity, oh. you know, we moved during COVID, during a pandemic and a blizzard. Yeah. And we didn't know oh anybody. Gosh. It was it was wild. Yeah, and we felt like okay, God is God is bringing us here. It doesn't make any uh-huh. sense, and yet uh-huh. now I know all of my neighbors, and seeing the work that they're doing in the world and how they're showing up and how you know we're journeying together. It's it's such a yeah. gift, and it, that gives me hope to to hold on for yeah. another day. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good. What are some some things that you are, you know, like we, a part of the culture in our Breathe the Bridge community is having a, a healthy understanding of lament. Yeah. And so, you know, we can have hope and lament. So yes. we can be hopeful. We can be joyful. 
but we can also be lamenting yeah. all at the same time. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, we could be grieving, um, but hopeful. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, those things can coexist exactly. together. Um, what are what are some things that you are lamenting? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I know. I have. Yeah. (laughs) How how long can we go? You know, I'm I'm lamenting so many things that my kids are inheriting. You know what I mean? Mm. And and it scares me for them. It scares me that, you know, in every season sacred, I talk about my son being at the library and seeing a newspaper headline about kids. You know, this is awful, Mm -hmm. but having to to play dead, not to get shot. At a, mm. You know, um, my son yeah. is black, and every day we talk mm-hmm. about you know what it's going to be like when when he learns how to drive and the conversation mm. that he's going to have to have. And you know, it it I lament that mm. that is the world mm. that we live in. I lament that my kid's yeah. school is underfunded. I lament mm. that we live um, in a culture that uh, doesn't honor the dignity of all people, whether Mm -hmm. that is Mm -hmm. the BIPOC community or women or disabled people, Mm -hmm. you know, like there's so much lament. I lament in the ways that I have been a part of it, you know, and, and that's real. It's not just a systemic Mm -hmm. issue, but it's, but it's real in, in my heart and in my life. And so there is, there's so much lament um, and that's why I often pray, like, I, I believe, help me in my unbelief. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I believe, help me in my unbelief. Mm. Yeah. I think, um, like, <laughs> I tell you, it's, I'm processing this, um, this book, I don't, um, this book called With um, that I have to read in seminary. And it's talking about living with God, mm. um, not living above God, not living underneath God, but with God in oh, our, our communion mm. um, with God. And it's like, I'll ha- I'm going to talk a little bit more about it later, but when you were saying that, it just made me think of, mm. of the, the holistic um, approach to our, to our faith and what that looks like, the transformation yeah. of heart, you yeah. know, um, allowing the the knowledge of God to transform our hearts. Mm-hmm. And I think um there's a there's a deficit of that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um some people I wouldn't know, they know a lot about God, um, but they're not living into God. Yes. You know? Yeah. And so that's um, you know, so there's there's so much to lament. You know, and I think it's good. I think it's it's healthy for us to take those laments those lament and petition God to cry out to God. I mean, we see um, this in scripture, like from the prophets, we see, um, you know, this from the the disciples, you see this in in everybody, especially that was in leadership that that didn't know the way, that didn't have the answers, um, knowing that um, God is the source of our strength and our answers. So it shows us the frail, the the frailty of our humanity um, and and the strength of God and and that we're dependent, you know? So I'm so grateful for you, for the work, your work, for the words that you're helping people to um, articulate, um, you know, Um, what is your hope for um, your, your new book? Um, 
what what is the hope for every season sacred? What is the hope that you have for that book? Yeah, I think it's that it would be a guide. It's not a how-to, but that it would yeah. be a handhold um, for you in whatever stage of life you're in. If you're more cynical, if you're more hopeful, what, whatever it is you're kind of journeying through, that would help you stay awake to mm. the pain and to the beauty and that you can mm. journey through and see God in all of it and that you could count every season sacred, even even if, even when, even now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For um, parents and sisters and family members that are listening now, uh, what is one encouragement mm-hmm. um, that you would give them in this very complex season of life um, that I think we're all, we all are experiencing globally. I, you know, I I think about sometimes we think so much in the Western American context, but, you know, um, today holding space for um, the families in Libya that um, through the flooding, the the earthquake in Morocco, um, the fires, you know, Hawaii is a state, but, you know, just the, the fires in um, Hawaii, um, you know, the, 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 the cool, the cool, uh, just, just the, the things that are happening in some um, of the African countries, um, you know, um, as it relates to, to policy and leadership and just, all the brokenness yeah. just across the world, like, you know, hold a space for all of that. What is some encouragement yeah. um, that you would give to those listening? I think, you know, what I go back to so much that I find encouraging and, and that I hope is encouraging for others is that that we have a God who is with us, you know, Emmanuel, yes. God with us and, and the power mm-hmm. and the strength and the justice mm-hmm in who our God is, that God will not leave us, that God will not forsake us, but there is so much power that God can be with me and with you and across the world. And God doesn't turn his back. God God is with, and there's so much um, power and and hope in that. Yeah. 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 That's a good word. God that is with. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I think I'm like, I'm, that's so good. I think um, maybe we can close out like in a benediction of sort. Um, um, there's one you shared, um, a prayer for talking about racism with children. Yeah. Um, and maybe, you know, um, if you have that one up, yeah. um, the Be The Bridge community can listen to these words spoken over us. And um, whether you are caretakers of children in your home or in some other way in your church or your, your community, um, let this benediction guide your words and actions um, this week. So um, I'll let Kayla close us out. All right. May the author of our faith Make your speech about the scourge of racism clear and honest, giving you specific and direct language, rooting your words in history and truth. May the Lord help you embrace your humanity and, in turn, show your children that it's right and righteous for all of us to be upset about injustice, that it's right and holy and of Christ 
to make marginalized voices heard. As you talk with your children about racism, may our compassionate and merciful Christ help you and guide you as you help and guide your family. And may all your life, your fantastic, dirty, messy, holy life be a prayer. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing um, and how um, the Lord is using you to guide um, his people in the simplest ways. You know, these are all like simple, but heart wrenching, you know, Um, and it's like, it's kind of like it, it punches you. It's one of those things that I, I, people describe like in, and how I write, where it's like, it punches in your, you in the face, but it also massages you on the back at the same time, you know, and you're like, I should be upset, but I, I, I don't know what to feel but I feel God's love, you know? Yes. <laughs> like, yes. So, and I think that's that's a gift to be able to do that. And you do that well, um, you know, where it's like, may all your life, your fantastic, dirty, messy, holy life be a prayer. Like, Ooh. No, I love I love hearing you. I love hearing you say that because that's how I, you know, end all my benedictions, and it's in both of my books. And so to hear you, yeah. Latasha Morrison, say it, I'm like, yes, amen. Yes, yeah, I love, it. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you for your work. Um, you know the. the the book again is called Every Season Sacred. Um, and then the first book um, is entitled The L- To Light Their Way. Um, so Kayla, thank you so much for the your words, uh, for your prayer, for your faithfulness um, um, to God, um, you're, you know, praying for your children and um in Iowa and all the things that God has placed in your heart to do there. So um, I'm so grateful for you. Um, I would say that the world is better uh, with you in it. So thank you so much for joining us here on the Be The Bridge podcast and the Be The Bridge community. So um, Bridgers, I know your um, day is richer after listening to this. So thank you so much Thanks for listening to the Be The Bridge podcast. To find out more about the Be The Bridge organization and or to become a bridge builder in your community, go to bethebridge.com. Again, that's bethebridge.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, remember to rate and review it on this platform and share it with as many people as you possibly can. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Today's show was edited, recorded, and produced by Trayvon Potts at Integrated Entertainment Studios in Metro Atlanta, Georgia. The host and executive producer is Latasha Morrison. Lauren C. Brown is the senior producer. And transcribed by Sarah Knatzer. Please join us next time. This has been a Be The Bridge production.